G'day punters and welcome to Tabs Inside 50. Nick Quinn joined by Shane Crawford and Glenn McFarlane ahead of a massive round 14. And Macca, it's like winding back the clock, a big game between Carlton and Collingwood. It doesn't get any bigger, does it? It's huge, Quinny Oaks, Crawford. I love it. And I was telling Crawford earlier, this is the weekend uh, where the Pies get the opportunity to draw level with Carlton on their ledger. Uh, the Carlton leads 127 to 126. They've held that record uh, in terms of being ahead of Collingwood in terms of playing them for 38 years. So for as long as Jock McHale was coach of Collingwood, in that sense, that same bracket, uh, Carlton have led the win-loss ratio against Collingwood. Collingwood get the chance to draw level on Sunday. It's going to be a huge game. And do you think they will, Croft? Well, it just shows the great rivalry, you know, because what, what's the figure? It's what 127 is it? to 127 126 with four to draws. 26. Very close. Out of all the games they've played. Uh, it's a great rivalry. Imagine if this was this was played at the MCG. Yeah. What crowd would you get? Like if you could have a little punt on the crowd, I'd be predicting 90,000. I was going to say 80, but it'd yeah. be massive. And it's yeah. going to be a shame. Especially if they're both in contention still, which they both are, and um, you know you get Eddie Betts flying around. Well, um, it's a cracking game, isn't it? When you yeah. look at it, both teams have got so much to play for in terms of their ladder position and finals prospects. And wouldn't it be great for either? You know, Collingwood will love to try and put the slows on the Blues, but the Blues would love nothing more than trying to end Collingwood's season. You're a big pies man. Will they win? I think they will, Quinny, but I don't like the odds. The odds are way too short. I think it's a, I think it's a dollar eighty-five a pair. To be honest, you, you've got the exact last figures there. Uh, pies are well in contention, aren't they? Dollar eighty each or two. You can bet with me if you want to bet into those. Sorry, no, 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 no. Did I say dollar eighty? I meant the dollar ninety. Sorry. Dollar seventy-two Collingwood, two fifteen Carlton. Who are you tipping, Croft? I, I think Carlton should be favourites. You know, Collingwood were good against North Melbourne, but North Melbourne had. Addition up uh, very little at the moment. Mm. They, they were getting their hands on the football. They were pretty good around the middle of the ground the other night, uh, North Melbourne. But just the way that they go forward, they're looking to play perfect footy, and perfect footy doesn't exist to me in today's footy. Collingwood just keep winning. That's a sign of a good side. They've been so undermanned. But side bottom going out, I just think this is a great opportunity for the Blues to go, guess what? Whack, we're going to keep our season alive, and they get to beat their arch rivals. Uh, whilst they're doing it. I, I'm just starting to trust the Blues a bit more. you got to remember the start of the year, they were pretty good. They were just having big lapses for a quarter, and that was costing them games. I just I feel like they're starting to get on top of things. You know, their forward line's functioning reasonably well, and I, I, just, I can see the Blues winning this. Um, I still think it'll be pretty close, but uh, I just think the Blues will win, and Collingwood are coming off a shorter break as well. So I think that all comes into play. Yeah, I'm a Pies man in the sense that I think they'll win. Uh, I think they need to win. Uh, they were a little bit better. I really liked the second half. They were they were dreadful in the first half against North, and I'm thinking there's some real worrying signs here. Uh, but it is a, a really good measure of Carlton. I really want to see this. I want to see how Carlton perform. I'm intrigued, Croft. What do you think about Murphy, Simpson, Betts, Cruiser next year? How many of those four don't go around next year? Well, I think you keep them all. And the, the reason, Cruiser as well. Yeah, the, the reason... You won't have to pay maximum money for them. They've been great from an experience point of view. They're at a stage now where you can't guarantee them a game. Um, Murphy's in really good form. But you just have those conversations with them all, even like Eddie Betts. I still think Eddie Betts has got uh, a lot to contribute, especially you play the MCG next year with a crowd. And he's just such a smart player. And you've got to remember, his defensive efforts are pretty good. He won the match against Geelong with his defensive efforts. So... I would. I know you want to have opportunity for younger kids coming through, but I still think you've got to have 
you know, as Ross Lyon said, those elephants, those experienced <laughs> guys around the football club to really bring on the, the younger talent, you'd be paying them, you know, just above sort of average wage because um, they're playing for the love and they, they're playing because they want to be there. And, yeah, I, I still think you can keep them on a list. I think it's important. And having them on the list, it makes the next tier of players and the emerging players have to earn their spot in the team as opposed to being gifted the team spot. So and, and the older ones as well. well. Yeah. So like, and I had those conversations with Alistair Clark. So when I got on in my career, he said, no one's guaranteed a spot. I, I don't care what you've done in the past. He said, you've got to bring it, play your role, do what you need to do. He for ruled the team. you out of a whiteboard, didn't he? Tell us that story. you uh, leading into, you know, when he takes over, he's got Hawthorne's next premiership team up on the whiteboard. Your yeah, name wasn't yeah, there, was it? Yeah, no, that's – and that was very confronting. As soon as Alistair Clarkson came in, they had list management and they had the new coaches and they had this whiteboard. with. <laughs> so our list, you know, back in 205, and it had all these spots, you know, Buddy Franklin at full forward or, or wherever he was <laughs> and players are all over the place and then all us older guys, we weren't even on the list. And I'm like, well, I, I don't have a spot. But this is like, this is our football club in five years. This is our premiership team in five years. And we're like, hang on, we're not a part of this. <laughs> well, they're just being realistic. They're like, in five years, you're probably not going to be around or be a part of that. You know, we just got to, this is what we're, you know, forward planning in, in the way that we look at things and the way we go about it. We would love, you know, in a circle, go, we'd love you to still be around doing this and being here, you know. But it's totally up to you, the way you go about it, the way you prepare, you know, can you, your longevity and so forth. So, yeah, that, be, that becomes confronting, but it's, it's great honesty because you're like, okay, you've got to be realistic about it. And um, it's not about just trying to patch the side together to get through and be competitive every year. It's like, no, at the end of the day, if you're putting a football club together and you're going through a rebuilding stage, you, you want to win. Like, you don't, you don't actually want to you know, try and be a part of the finals. You actually want to win the whole thing. So from a planning point of view, that's the way you have to really focus on it. And that's where I come back to, like, the Giants. I think the Giants, their window's shut. Gone. I I really do because I thought this year, surely they're going to show us, and they've had so much talent go through that football club. A lot of it's gone out of the football club now, but they've still got so much there. And on field, they're not connecting as a team, and that's the most important thing. You can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't connect as a team, and work for each other and really have that flow, you're out. Whereas I look at Gold Coast now, and coming into this season, I thought, oh, what are they going to dish up? I can actually see them winning a premiership ahead of the Giants and ahead of a lot of other football clubs because of the young talent, because of the way they're moving the footy, the way they're teaming together. I think Stuart Jew's done a very good job. So it's interesting how things can turn pretty quickly, but – I've got to give Gold Coast a bit of credit. Behind the scenes, even though they're copping their whack, weren't going anywhere, looking like they were failing as a football club, you've got to give them credit because you don't actually make that improvement you know, naturally. It's about hard work behind the scenes and people pulling the right strings. We'll park that conversation for just a minute because I do want to talk about GWS and the Gold Coast. But just getting back to what you said, does that mean that the premiership at Hawthorne came ahead of expectation? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you, you've got to get yourself into the hot spot. And get yourself ready to go. And and that was the thing. You, you sort of – the way that Alistair Clarkson got us playing and, and understanding everyone's positions, and we had the flexibility to move around. Like Stewie Jew on fire in a grand final, 208. Master stroke, kicking goals from half forward. He moved himself to half forward from half back because he was exhausted. But the coaching from that came in the lead up, 
you know, about everyone being able to swap, making sure you have that commitment once you do swap positions and fulfilling that role and making sure you do exactly what you're told. So that's where the great coaching comes in. And then, you know, sides are going to be in a little hit zone for three or four years once you've got your young talent and your older talent really blending together and you're all playing for each other. You get a little window where you might be able to win a premiership, you might be able to, like Richmond, win a couple, okay? But then it quickly goes. So you've got to make the most of the opportunities. And the, the positive from a Hawthorne winning in 208, they went back, you know, they, they struggled, but then they were able to reinvent themselves and find a way. And that was, you know, Buddy Franklin goes. So they bring in, you know, some recycled talent, but talent they're able to get the very best out of, you know, where it'd be Josh Gibson, Brian Lake, um, you know, they had Sean Burgoyne. There was a, Jack Gunson. They yeah, had so they, many they were, they they were, able to bring through. They were master strokes. You know, really, when you look at what they're able to do and how they're able to get players to get the best out of themselves and play those roles, they well, kept the coach too. Like Jeff wanted to get rid of, if you remember, not that long ago. <laughs> Jeff wanted to get rid of uh, Alistair Clarks, and they win three in a, in a row after that. You'd be brave to get rid of Clarko, that is for sure. Now GWS, hmm. they're now a dollar ninety just to make the finals, and I think they will. This is their run home: Fremantle in Perth, Carlton at Metricon, Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval. Melbourne at the Gabba and then St Kilda with the venue to be decided. If they win all five, they're in. They'll make the final. They've got no Absolutely. chance of winning all five. If they win all four, I think they will. They will beat Fremantle, Carlton, Adelaide, Ooh. and Melbourne. I'm and only I'm, gifted them one of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm gifting gift one. one as well, Quiddy. I think. Yeah. Have um, you seen what they've been producing this year? I thought they were excellent in the second half against West yeah, Coast. Yeah, this this is where it's so misleading, and mm. I'm glad you brought that up because West Coast got the job done early, and then they just took their foot off. And that's and that I was disappointed with Leon Cameron in his press conference when he said, you know, I was really happy with the second half. Nah, that's so misleading because West Coast, West Coast just took took the foot off. And do you know what? The last five minutes, they they said, do you know what? They're coming now. We better actually switch back on. So I think that is that's really misleading. They are a side, and we spoke about it last week with Jimmy Butzel. We don't trust. And we don't really trust them. So you're telling me you think they can win all their matches finishing the season. I'm happy to have a really good wager with you. Ooh, like I'm happy this. to take you on there. I would want <laughs> – they've got to win four of the five, yeah. and I think they will. So we'll go through the games. Do you think they'll beat Fremantle in Perth this week? I'm a definite yes. I think Fremantle will beat them. I actually think we'll go the other way. I'm pretty confident that Fremantle's been outstanding. Yeah, Not I, outstanding. I, I think Fremantle very can win. good. Yep, I do. Because mm. you know what? I trust Fremantle and, and what they're bringing to the table is really consistent setups. Their defence is holding up really strong. And the Giants don't know how to kick a score. Like even with all that talent. So you you might be done in the first week. Possibly. <laughs> Carlton at Metricon. Flip of the coin game. They certainly can win that. Uh Probably, I'm happy to give them that a chance to win that one. I think uh, I'm not giving them anything. No. I'll give them the Adelaide game. Adelaide, Adelaide that's, that's a lot. the only one that's I'm going to give. So them. you think they're going to win one more game this season? Well, do you know what? I reckon they win two. two. They can beat Melbourne. I reckon they'll win two. If Question someone said two. how many games will they win, your answer would be two. Yeah, we won't pin you down on which no. games two, it will be. But I don't think they can win this week against Fremantle. Yes, they're short price favourites against Fremantle, but it's at Optus Stadium. Yeah. Fremantle have been – you look through their form, Very they've been in a Fremantle. lot of games. Early in the season, they're getting better. Their younger kids are getting better. And the most important thing is they're actually playing for each other and as a, as a team, whereas the Giants, they're, they're playing survival footy. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with you there as well. And I do think Fremantle are a chance. The ones that I probably – I mean, they're, they're going to beat Adelaide. There's no doubt yep. at all. Um, they can beat Melbourne. Yes. They can beat Melbourne. And they can beat Fremantle and Carlton. But, gee, they need a lot to go right because the Dockers – they're zipped two over in Perth at the moment. 
uh, by playing over there. And I think Fremantle are playing really good footy at the moment. Would, you wouldn't want to take on Fremantle. St Kilda in the last round will be interesting because we just don't know how no. both teams will be going by then. If the Saints were mm. to have a few losses and they've been magnificent St Kilda, but yep. they've got a tricky run home. They have got a tough run home and that's going to be the hard bit for them. So that could be, imagine that for a, could be a massive game. That last round's really shaping up well at the moment, isn't it? And just on Gold Coast, they've been so good this season. For mine now, they look a very tight outfit. They do, but they come up against <laughs> North Melbourne this week, and that is a fascinating game because North are really struggling at the moment. Uh, Croft, what's your view on that? They were on, the, they were on a short backup last week, so I, I reckon you just need to. I reckon they're a betting proposition this week against North Melbourne. They're short, because yeah, no, short I know enough. they're short, but maybe maybe back them one to thirty nine. Mm. You know, because I think North Melbourne will kick a few goals, but they they were coming off a short break against the Blues. They did. They played like a tired side. Should have lost by about 15 goals if Carlton had been accurate. Yeah. yeah. And so they just virtually had to get it. They finished their game the week before and they jumped on a plane and off they went and they had to turn up. They had a very short turnaround and they played like a tired side. Okay. So I think you'll see a much better performance. I know what we're saying because in the past they've looked like a, a tired side, especially in the second half of the year. I don't think that'll be the case this week. I think they'll show that they're still, you know, got a few wins left in them. And I, I, geez, I love them going forward. Mm. I, I just think defensively they've got a lot of really good young yeah. talent who really back themselves and can kick the footy. Lacocious, I think, is one of the best kickers of the footy in the league um, with what he can do. It's like and Grant Birchall, isn't he, the way he, he sets things up off yeah. that halfback line? I, I think get him, get him away from halfback, get him up around the mm. – I've seen him deliver the ball inside 50 a few times and I went, wow, okay. So I, I don't know about his junior days where he often played. I'd imagine he probably played through the middle and just dominated. But – if you can get him kicking the ball inside 50, I'll tell you what, Ben King is going to be cool. licking his lips and go, bring stuck. on 100 goals. So, <laughs> so you are saying, no doubt, if you had to choose a team now, if you're talking GWS or you're talking Gold Coast, Gold Coast, flag, 100%, the first flag? 100% Gold Coast. 100%. Yep, absolutely. I'll go GWS. Yeah, I would too because I think they've got a chance to fight back. But mind you, they've got to keep Jeremy Cameron next year. I know he's playing you know, very poor footy at the moment. Clearly... The hub situation, is, he's not enjoyed that. The, the the contract situation, he has enjoyed as well. Maybe the delivery's not as good as well. They've got to keep him. What's your mail? Oh, I, I worry that it's not done yet. Do, Have do they you, underachieved? As a, cl- as a club? Oh, I, I know I, they've made a grand yeah. final. I know they've made finals. But with all the talent, you've got to remember that well, they had the first 10 picks in one draft They had one a year. fair draft that year. Like they've, they've had access to so much they unbelievable have. talent. And lost a lot. It, it lost a lot. But yeah. If you're creating something very special, as a young player, you're not going to leave. Mm. So that that's that's also a bit of a question mark. Mm. And is that a coach? It, the fact that they're not a group still, uh, they they seem to be a group last year. Take aside the um, take aside the grand final, which you can understand. Richmond were white hot that day. Yep. Um, but, but they fell in. They fell into the grand final against Collingwood. Collingwood had a real Collingwood. off day. Like they hadn't yeah. played so bad all year, and they were Don't coming off. Me. <laughs> they were coming off a weekend, mm. uh, a break, and they 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 had uh, Monday blues. They really yeah, did. I, I think that 2016, they, they beat the Western Bulldogs that preliminary final. They win the grand final, in my mind. Yep. Um, so I, I've, have they underachieved? Uh, maybe not. I don't think they have. I, I mean, think teams have underachieved more than them. I think Collingwood's underachieved more I than GWS. Right. Oh, he's, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure about that. You know, with the... I, I know with the transition that they've been mm. through and, and new coaches and, and at least they've had a plan. And when Bucks came on, he, he got rid of, um, you know, a lot of the older mm. types and a lot of players who still had a bit of football in them. 
and he had to try and rebuild again. And um, you know, he's had a few hurdles along the way, and but I, I still think they're—I don't know. Yeah, I suppose when you look at it from that point of view, from a ladder positioning. But at the end of the day, you want to be winning a flag, and I just—I'm disappointed the Giants haven't won a flag. Well, I was remembering the time when the Giants were born, and uh, the the Suns had just been going. And I remember Matt Rendell, that famous recruiting uh, guru uh, through the ages. He basically said these two teams will be winning back-to-back grand finals for the next eight or nine years in a row. Now, as we sit right now, neither of them's won a flag. Only one of them's made a grand final. How long have the Giants been in the league? Uh, You're looking at, uh, I'm trying to think, it was 2012 for memory? Right. Uh, Star producer uh, Luke is furiously typing and giving a thumbs up. So So that's that's eight years. So the Suns were obviously the year before 2011 when Gaza went up there. With the very best access for the first three years. To the very best talent you can get. Yeah. It just it, goes to show, though, what value a team is. Geelong, mm. Hawthorne, yep. Sydney, since the turn of the century, have always yep. been up there Absolutely. without access to this elite talent. No, because you don't necessarily always need that elite talent. You look at it. Um, look at Richmond. Richmond have done a really j- good job without necessarily – they've had some good talent. Dustin Martin was a very good draft. And they've nailed Cochin at two, Martin oh, at three, that have correct. both turned out to be the best Absolutely. player in the draft. But you look at their, look, ro- their access to rookie players. You look at their um, their ability to, to get a draft gem as well. I think they've done an outstanding job, Richmond, to build a list and not build a champion list or a champion team, but to build a list that fits together. I think they've done a great job in that sense. Who, who for the Giants, has been the best team player over the last Ooh. three years or so? It's a good question. Is there anyone come to mind and you think, gee, they're all about team, what they do for that team is so important? That's a good question. It's Matt DeBoer. You know, yeah, where, where did is. he come? He, he wasn't a highly it was, it was talented, you know. Basically a cast off draft in a lot of ways. Pick. Yeah, and, he was mm. he was someone they got from Fremantle mm. and he's come in and he was all about, you know, team and, and playing your role. And sometimes you need you need your blue collar workers. Mm. You can have your your stars, but you do you, you need your your real consistent blue collar workers who are rocking up, and you know what you're going to get. I'd say and then Phil if Davis. you can sprinkle, I think Phil Davis has been terrific. I think Callum Ward's been terrific as well. He's had some challenges as well. But... You, did you say Phil Davis? Yeah, really. You Phil disagree? Oh, you're saying Phil Davis has been their most consistent. Not as a player, but he, he's he's united the group in, yeah. in a sense from the start. Yeah, probably. no, I'm not saying he hasn't yeah, done yeah. that, but I'm like, yeah, I, well, he played in a grand final. He shouldn't have played. True. Yeah. Rewild kicked five of him. But do you peg him for that or praise him? Like uh, if he pulled out of the you know warm-up, you you'd be whack smashing him. For that. that is yeah. just unacceptable. Like, that is just thinking of yourself. That's but not thinking of the team. what if he didn't play? Then everyone would be like, he's soft. It doesn't mean anything to him. Yeah. Why don't you play? You lose by 100 points and you get five kicked on you. But what's is better that helping than pulling out? No, was he helping the team? He was the captain of the team. Oh, it's a good debate. Was he helping the team by saying, I can play? No, you can't. You're a liability. Jack Revolt hadn't kicked five goals all year. He kicks five in a grand final. We're, we got a huge liability down there. Now they put Martin down there with Jack Revolt. We're gone. So we're we should have done trouble. the Simon Preston Giacomo and so I, I put just, his hand up and said, you, I can't got play. To, you can, right you can't go. be thinking on a grand final day, you cannot be thinking, oh, I can go out there and yep, I, I, I'll fill the numbers and I'll just put my hand up and just cross my fingers and hope it works out. That is that's selfish play. If Phil Davis pulled out of that grand final, he and the Giants would have been smashed from pillar to post because they still would have lost by a hundred points, and everyone would have said it means really? nothing to them. So- you got someone on one leg. He obviously wasn't right, and you know. But I, I just think their selfish decisions to play in grand finals when you're not right. Like if you can't contribute better than the twenty second person or twenty third person, you should not be playing. 
and he sh- he shouldn't have played. So does this start at the top? Is this a coaching administration? Uh, absolutely, thing? and I think that's the way all the players, players have to feel about it, and that's the way the coaches need to go about it. Is like if if you can't contribute better than the, this guy here who's ready to go or the backup guy, and maybe that was a situation. Maybe I I don't know who was going to. I don't know who was emergencies. Well, the emergencies were for the Giants um, in the grand final we last year. Certainly, looked that up as we speak. But could that person have contributed and put more, you know, more into the game? Then I, I just think you've got to be so careful with all that. I, I don't think I think it's a selfish uh, way to go about it. And I, I know I was presented with that situation too. And you always had in your back of your mind. Am I going to play and play because I can be a part of that? Were you nervous do leading I think into that, that 2008 can, can, grand final? You had the knee issue. Yeah, uh, you got I, I wasn't sure po- if I was going to be able to yeah. contribute, you know, and that's something that I had to really weigh yeah. up. And if I'm performing at 70%, is that going to be better than the 23rd guy we had ready to go? So you have all those things weighing up and, you know, do you know what? If I'm a liability, we're gone. Like, you can't have any liability, especially in finals and grand finals. And then he told me during the week, that 2008 week, that uh, he was feeling good, ready to go. So I had to had a little small nibble on him for the Norm Smith. He played really he well. He played very well. Uh, I was very little just going, but I was still able to contribute. You were. You know? Absolutely so, you were. So, so who, who are the emergencies? No, I haven't found that yet. Any idea? We'll have no, to find no, that. Let Luke's looking look, that up. But oh, they were injury depleted as it was. I think that's a bit harsh on Phil Davis. I mean, I know he had five kicked on him by Jack Rewalt, but Jack would have kicked on five on Stephen Silvani that day. The ball was coming down <laughs> relentlessly. <laughs> yeah, anyway, they, these are arguments that we all have. And, you know, if you look back and maybe in time you think back, you know, maybe – he might say that, oh, maybe I shouldn't have played. If they you won, know. it would have been courageous. Phil leads Giants no. to victories If they won, they injury. had absolutely no chance. They fell over the line against Collingwood the week before. And Richmond, Richmond, no one was going to beat Richmond. Oh, I okay? completely agree, but that but, backs up my point. But if Collingwood had applied Richmond, we would have had a good competitive oh, game. I completely agree again. We were robbed of one of the all-time great grand finals. Mm. They could have filled the MCG five times if it was Richmond yeah. Collingwood. I still think Richmond would have won, but at three-quarter time, we would have had a live no, game. No one, Richmond peaked perfectly, like Bart Cummings used yep. to do with his horses. I haven't got the I haven't got the list, but Lockie Keefe was one of the guys who missed out. So mm-hmm. he would have been one that would have potentially come in. He was dropped uh, from that uh, from that preliminary final through. So good teams Here we go. won't I've got allow a, you to carry. So I've got Ian Hill, Keefe. Isaac Cumming and Zach Langdon were the four emergencies yeah, for the so Giants. Keith, so they Keith. all four could have played on Jack and he still would have kicked five. At the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, Richmond were, yeah, I think, unbeatable at that time. They were up and about. They peaked perfectly. Who would have won the grand final if Collingwood had made it? Richmond think, by about 12 Richmond? points. Uh, maybe a bit more, but... Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Collingwood bothers Richmond. Yeah, they do. Uh, and you would have liked to have seen that. It that would have been just massive. been one of the all-time great... And I think at the Herald Sun, for the you know second year in a row, we were getting excited about a Richmond uh, Collingwood Grand Final because I think the sales would have been would have gone through the roof and everything fell over again. Maybe would, one day. Would have the neutrals in Melbourne have hated it? Oh, <laughs> gee. Who would you have barracked for, Croft? I, I was barracking for that Grand Final because I thought it would have been was the a best Grand supporter. Final. No, no, uh, Richmond. I I've got a soft spot for Richmond, and um, would have been nice maybe for Richmond to win. You know, been down all day. Last play, a bit like West Coast. Oh, I'm bringing back nightmares here. <laughs> oh, no, no. no. How I, that I, I, it would have been a great grand final. Trying to purge Tears that my heart out that Richmond was so putrid through the 90s and noughties. Yes. And Crawford and Jimmy Bartell both Correct. grew up barracking for Richmond. There, there's a fascinating... I, I wanted to be yeah. drafted by Richmond. I know, yeah. And they just didn't want me. They, it, they picked... Um, 
Oh, no. A couple of forwards oh, who never no, played. This, this um, could get messy if um, we'll find this out as well. Uh, but Crawford, that, <laughs> Crawford would have looked good in a Richmond jumper. I think he would have looked good in a Collingwood no, they, jumper. They, the time that he met Eddie Maguire and Eddie almost got him to Collingwood would have been... Richmond Richmond came <sighs> and watched me play, and I knew, I knew that because my coach said, oh, Richmond are here watching you today. And do you know what? I didn't play that well. Like, I, I played okay, but I wish 30. I hadn't have known that they were there because you sort of try to do stuff that sort of stands out. And, and I reckon that cost me. Oh, it cost them. didn't cost you. Would have loved to have been a tiger. Gee. Well, I don't like <laughs> the debate got... history. Oh, no. Richmond didn't have a pick before you got drafted. Oh, gee. Really? Uh, was it 1991? Brisbane took John Hutton at number one. Yes. Yep. Great Fitzroy player, John took Hutton. Marcus Seacamp. Defender. Melbourne took the Mad Cow Disease, Darren Cow. Yes. Sydney took Andrew McGovern. Melbourne again, Jason Norwich. Sydney took Paul Burton. Fitzroy took Jeremy Gard. Oh. Essendon took Michael Simons. Geelong took Stephen O'Reilly. Melbourne took Andrew Lamperell. Geelong took Lee Wilson. St Kilda took Rob Malone. So from that, I take that Melbourne stuffing up the draft is not a recent thing. No. Richmond (laughs) did not pass up on Crawf. And to say Crawf was the best player from those names by the length of the Flemington straight would be an understatement. Who did Richmond have as their first pick? Well, Richmond, as only Richmond could do, don't have a pick. My goodness. Pick 51. Maybe they trade it off, did they? They must have traded it off. Of some sort. Pick yeah. 51. I, I reckon they, back then, were you allowed to trade off? Yeah. I'm not sure. In, in hindsight, you wouldn't mind taking Andrew McGovern and making sure that he plays 100 games for your particular club because then you get. I'll tell you what, that, in the early 90s, with, if you go back through the draft in the early 90s, oh, there was some dodgy picks. Yes. There was some shocking picks. Yep. Well, you want to say shocking, you players who, who didn't play much footy at all and, and some who couldn't even move. Mm. So you just, wonder, you just wonder what these recruiters were doing. Ooh. They head off into the bush and go, oh, that was good play. Put him down. We might give him a bit of a go. But um, there was a lot of misses back there's then, a, couple a lot. Of, uh, first, you know, number one picks who were misses. Mm. Uh, the great Richard Lounder who played for, for Richmond. Um, he was a he was a unusual yeah. first-round pick that uh, didn't quite work. Well, Anthony Bannock. Anthony Bannock had a really good first season, had an outstanding first season. But I think, uh, where was he from, Quinny? I reckon he was from Wan Ron Woodside, uh, <laughs> wherever I tell that you, is. Sydney, Sydney had um, priority on me as well. Did they? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so, and they, um, they so what passed happened up there? Me. Well, they just, they just didn't rate me. So I always kept that up my sleeve when I played Sydney because I'm like, you know what, I'll show you bastards. You did your second game, didn't you? You kicked five or six and against got the, them. Got the five, votes, yeah. Got, got the Brownlow votes. Yeah, three. And then I said, take that, you know. <laughs> How close did you come to joining Collingwood? Oh, no, I had conversation with Eddie. Yep. Um, it's funny. Eddie said, okay, look, you know, we, we can get you to Collingwood. Uh, but one thing's for sure, you won't be the highest paid player. Bucks is the highest paid player. <laughs> and, uh, and I said – Eddie, I shouldn't say this, but it's it's not about money. I, I said, I'm not coming because you're going to pay me more money to come from Hawthorne because I didn't think that would be the case anyway. So I thought, I'm coming because I want to play in a team where I can hopefully, you know, win some games and, and finish off my career in a in a way where, you know, you, you want to remember, you know, playing out in the MCG, winning some games and feeling good about football. So that was pretty much it. But I'll tell you what, Sydney – 
I did meet with Sydney and I was convinced that I needed to go to Sydney. But then they ended up winning the premiership about a month later. Um, and then I thought, no, I'm not going now. But if they hadn't have won, I, I reckon I was gone just because I wanted a, a lifestyle change and I wanted to go to Sydney. So that was the end of the 2005 season. Yeah, so I met with George Stone. <laughs> I met with George Stone just across the road in Saint, at St Kilda Baths, probably start of September, maybe, yeah, maybe end of August. And I knew George Stone because he was at Hawthorne and um, he was yeah, then obviously involved with the Sydney Swans. And um, so I met up with him and he said, you know, how serious are you? And I said, mate, I'm, I'm there. I said, I, I want to change. I need a change. You know, I need to, you know, I've put everything into Hawthorne. I've given my all. I need, I need a change and I need to go to a different state and I want to go to Sydney. Um, I want to live down near the beach, Bondi Beach. That would be quite nice for an older body. And, um, yeah, so that was pretty much done. Like it was going to happen. And then they won the grand final and I said, no, nah, I'm not going. How's the course of human history there, footy history in that sense? They win the grand final 2005. The year after, they lose the grand final by one point and it's generally recognised that it was that West Coast midfield that got the Eagles over the line from Sydney. Did you think about that on that particular day, 2006? Of course, final? yeah, of course. Do you think, oh, could I, could I have been, mm. you know, involved? Could I have helped in some way? Um, I think one probably point not. West Coast are an amazing team. <laughs> But, uh, no, I always respected the Swans because, once again, I talk about those blue-collar workers. That, that's what they – they just team so the well. They culture. seem to have, a yeah, an interesting culture and that Bloods culture with Brett Kirk. And that, for me, was – you know, I, I'm like, gee, that sounds pretty special. There's no Giants culture, is there? There's a Bloods culture. It doesn't appear to be that Giants culture. No, 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 definitely. And the, and the thing with the Swans this year, they should be down – they should be down with Adelaide with, you know, the players they've been missing and so forth. They've got a – Great culture. They keep winning some games, you know. Um, they keep, you know, well, they smashed the Giants when everyone, you know, gave them no chance recently. You know, there's something that they do and they do really well, the Sydney Swans. And they, they're in a transition stage. They've got so many young kids who aren't ready to play senior football, yet they're still highly competitive. They all work together and they're still chalking up a few wins. How proud are you that you did play your entire career at one club? I, I still – no. I, yeah, absolutely. But you still think, you know, of what might have been. You know, there was the Port Adelaide situation where I could have headed off to Port Adelaide. There's always opportunities for players. If you're playing okay, there's always going to be opportunities to to go elsewhere and to do other things. And, and mine was, I'd loved Hawthorne, like absolutely loved. And that's why with the Giants, when we talk about them, you know, some of the players leaving, some of the younger players leaving and going off. When, when you've got, you know, your, your friends that you just, you know, known for three or four years and you're just starting to go somewhere, you, you don't want to go anywhere. You're like, no, this, this is my life. So, no, I'm not going anywhere. So that's when the Port Adelaide opportunity came up. And then obviously later in your career, you're like, I've put everything in here. I've really – I've done my best. I can't I can put my hand on my heart and say, look, I've put everything into it. Okay, if I've got three or four more years, where can I go and try and enjoy my footy and go to a club with good leadership and a good culture and – how can I fit into there? So it does go through your mind. And I think these days where it's more acceptable, you know, we've seen Paddy Dangerfield leave Adelaide and go to the Cats. We see players swap around a fair bit. Um, players are in that mindset where they just need a fresh start. They need to change things up. Motivation-wise, it's, it's different. It might be family, lifestyle. So we'll definitely see 
it'll be very rare to see players play at the one club, I think, you know, unless it's like your captain and absolute superstar where they just won't allow them to go anywhere. I think it'll be very rare that players don't opt for a bit of a sea change. Croft put away the board games, the AFL rolls on, and so does Tab's AFL Same Game Multi, where you can combine your favourite AFL markets all in the one bet. Available online for every AFL game this season to Tab account customers only. Gamble responsibly, gamblers help, 1-800-858-858. Now... Massive game Saturday night. We've spoken about teams underachieving on this podcast and Melbourne up against St Kilda. This is a huge game. The Saints, if they win, big foot in the finals picture. The Demons must win to atone for last week. What happened against the Bulldogs and what will they dish up this week? Uh, Melbourne, you just don't know with Melbourne. That's the thing. I got sucked into it last week, Quinny. I think a lot of us did. Uh, it became the same old situation with Melbourne. They just The run-on goals that clubs can kick against them when they're really struggling and and obviously they, they were missing Max Gorn and, uh, and just that confidence level. I do rate the Bulldogs. They're a hot and cold team in that sense, so I give them a little out on that. But I think the Saints, even though the venue worries me a little bit for the Saints, uh, it does concern me a little bit. I think St Kilda, I trust St Kilda what they're doing at the moment, so I'm more than willing to, to take the money on the Saints. I'm going to pick the Ds. Ooh. I'm going to pick the Ds. We're just with Gorn coming back in. They were pretty good against the Dogs, and then all of a sudden they had a lapse. Pretty bad in the third quarter. Yeah, they were pretty bad. And so I reckon, that, um, I reckon that'll hold them in good stead. I think it's going to be right down to the wire, uh, which is what we like. And But they've been playing a, a pretty good style of footy. And then the Saints, well, the Saints, you know, how much did that take out of them, you know, to get within two points of the Brisbane Lions? You know, can they back up and still have another real sort of peak performance? They're little question marks for me. So I'm going to go with the Ds. Not confident, but I think they can win. What about you, Quinny? Yeah, it's one of those Tough games game. where you just you I do think trust value the wise too. I think the mm. like we we're both saying we think it's flip of the coin, pretty much a flip. So you just go with the odds, and, and then, the Ds are much better odds. So just back the Ds in. Oh, geez, I've got grey hairs from I doing that, that last week, and it hurt. <laughs> It did hurt last week, so I think I'll stick with this. I'll tell you what, last week if you took the one to thirty nine margin mm. in all the matches, yeah, I'm pretty sure the whole eight or nine matches, however many games we had last week, I think that was the okay. result. As per usual, Croft, you are one hundred percent correct. Every game was in the one to thirty nine and a half yeah, bracket. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. That and, it, and, very and, often. and that's that's you gotta be careful because they're coming off that. 20-day hub, mm. or, you know, 33 games. So physically very tight, whereas this week they're getting a bit of, a better break. You know, they're getting back to normality. So you should see a game or two blow out at some stage. I don't know which one, Tell you what, you this should is, see I reckon it. this is moving around. Absolutely. If you look at it in the golf sense, the, every, game, every game's almost got something, hasn't it, in terms of the finals. And flip of the coin games all round. Well, that's a lovely segue, and Macca, you can open the batting here. We're going to get our best bets for round 14. Now, I'm going to go against Croft here ever so slightly in the sense that I'm going to go double. I'm going to go Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide will just win. They'll beat Sydney, uh, and I'll roll that into St Kilda. You can get about even money for that, so I'm, I'm, I'm trusting St Kilda in this sense. So even money for that, I'm happy to take. There you go. Well, I think Thursday night, I think Essendon are my best bet up against the Hawks. The reason I'm saying this is because I just think they'll run. They've got small forwards who are really fast, uh, which Hawthorne struggle with. I think their midfield, their spread 
from stoppages and centre bounces is too good. So I just I just can't see how the Hawks are going to beat Essendon, especially in the form and with the personnel Hawks have got at the moment. However, if you want to have a play on Thursday night, have a go at that. And if you win, good luck. Roll it all in to the Blues to beat Collingwood. Oh. Collingwood off a shorter break. Side bottom goes out. They've got a few injuries. Still Trelaw, not there. This is the time for the Blues to go whack and smash their arch rivals, which I think they'll win. Might be worth just playing that try bet on that Collingwood and uh, Carlton game because it's going to be a cracker. It'll go down to the wire, I reckon. Now, they say that a lot of people can remember exactly where they were during the JFK assassination. (laughs) I can remember exactly where I was the day that Croft tipped against Hawthorne with his best bet. Just quite extraordinary. And against yes, the Bombers. Can you believe it? Oh. Hey, <laughs> arch know, rivals. I know. And it's the undercard. It's like the VFL curtain raiser to the real game on Thursday night, isn't it? That's hey, the bizarre thing. If you want to have a little multiplayer, I'll tell you what, Hawthorne don't really go a hard tag. They back their sort of midfielders and their sort of team uh, midfield to, to do their stuff. So McGrath, Merritt's getting plenty of the footy anyway. So maybe they, maybe they might. But... McGrath will get off the chain. He'll get plenty of the footy. Mitchell, Essendon will keep backing themselves in because they know they can run. Mitchell's in sort of back to his Brownlow medal form. He'll give you 25-plus possessions. So I'm just trying to go, okay, here, my best bet's Essendon to win, but put in Mitchell to get 25-plus, put in McGrath to get 20-plus. What great value and what a great start to the weekend of footy. Good option for the same game multi there. I'm going to keep it nice and simple, just like myself. I'm taking Port and GWS both to win. Ooh. It's just under even money. You like the Giants, I'm sticking don't you? with the Giants. I'm not jumping ship. You buy these shares when they're low, and they're as low as they've ever been on GWS. Hopefully you're not low listers, and you've enjoyed <laughs> Tabs Inside 50. Croft put away the board games. The AFL rolls on, and so does Tabs AFL Same Game Multi, where you can combine your favourite AFL markets all in the one bet. Available online for every AFL game this season to tap account customers only. Gamble responsibly. Gambler's help. 1-800-858-858.